can't believe you. What? I can't believe you. Oh no, what what did I do? I'm not gonna tell you. I you just, just want, want me, me to know. know. Yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> get it? That's the song we're talking it. about this week. It's a good old classic punneroo. It's not even a pun, it's a <laughs> It's just literally It's just a little skit. Taking this song title, put it in a skit. <laughs> Throwing it back. <laughs> yeah, I don't wanna say I'm right. I just want you to know. Hello everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. Throwing it back to those classic, like when we tried uh, here's some bits that yeah. we came up with it just off the top. I feel like <laughs> With when it came to coming up with little bits specifically about the song, <laughs> that either we were more clear headed to come up with those in the early days of the podcast, right? Or we did all the songs that had the obvious like bits to <laughs> it's, do. It's possible, right? Like when we did, like when we did uh, Batman Ride, <laughs> we did Chapstick. We had the whole like fasten your phone to your job right, that one we, was good classic yeah, we did college kids and we had the whole hey we're coming at you from spring break that all that stuff right 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 yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. but now it feels like we're <laughs> like for the last year of the podcast i feel like we left a lot of the sort of like more we're as- just not trying hard enough we're not tr- we're not trying That's hard problem, enough I, I thought maybe it was the song choices oh okay it could be that too sure let's go with that one that sounds better because then it's not on us right. well i mean i guess it is but you know and there was faking my own suicide, where we pretended that I faked my suicide. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now you just have to wait until a weird, wacky character shows up at yeah. some point, and you're like, I don't know what this has to do with anything, but sure, why not? You want to read you faking my own suicide? Oh my gosh, why? Nah, we don't need to read you that song. Um, because we're this week we're doing a song we haven't done before. Keep threatening right? more redos, yeah, but I don't do. know when we're going to do those. <laughs> um... Yeah, but here we are back with a Bird and the B-Side song. But we do have top of the show business. Do you have any top of the show business? Things you've been up to recently? Uh, no, not really. I'm so out of the loop because I've been off Twitter for for oh, okay. mental health reasons for right. a, quite a while now. So right. not quite a while, but it's been a few weeks. So I don't really know what all's going on. Here, you want me to search your mentions? See if anyone's been talking no to you? No one's mentioning me. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not logged in. I like, I have, we have some of our, each other's accounts on each other's phones, but I don't have your Twitter on my phone. Let's see if anyone's at mentioned you recently and you haven't noticed. Oh, five days ago, Brady Uh-oh. mentioned you and you didn't know about oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry, Brady. What, what does it say? Uh, someone that I guess Brady follows or something said, I burned myself on the air fryer. Why has it forsaken me? And then someone replied, get rid of it now. It's tasted human flesh. And then, ab- and then uh, Brady replied to that and said, abstract ratio, you need to get this movie made. <laughs> Which kind of... I like that, actually. Yeah, That's a great idea. Like a killer air fryer. Yeah. I mean, there's so many killer uh, thing movies. Yeah, a killer like air fryer it. just seems like Absolutely. the very modern concept. I mean, also, that's like Maximum Overdrive that Stephen King movie where all the equipment in the world comes to life. Right, right. Feels like if they did a remake of that Maximum Overdrive. That, I like uh, that. I like it. instead of like a or a microwave massacre type thing, it's you've, you've right. got the air fryer going My, instead. Y- Take it back to the 80s. Yeah, Microwave Massacre is not about a killer no. microwave. 
it's about uh, just like a jerk. It's it's just about a jerk <laughs> who gets the taste for human flesh and he cooks everything in a microwave because it's an 80s movie and microwaves were relatively right. And it's like massive. Ideas. So <laughs> yeah, it's a ridiculous movie. It's kind of it's kind of a horror parody. There's this whole genre of horror movies from the 80s that what are what do I call them? It's something like Burbank parody movies, like because most of them are right. shot like outside Hollywood, like in the Burbank area, a lot in the Valley, and they're just like they are horror parody movies that are actually also horror movies that were shot really low budget and they're never actually like known movies it's basically when the horror genre finally was getting self-referential but these are all bad not known movies a lot of them re-released by vinegar syndrome because nobody cares about these movies i love that you're like you know and shot in burbank like where warner brothers studios Yeah, but nobody thinks of like that's a Burbank, right? Well, TV should good TV shows get filmed in Burbank, but like good movies aren't produced out of good independent movies aren't produced out of Burbank. But the independent production companies out of Burbank make the kind of movies we like. Yeah, hundred percent. At least of the eighties. Uh, I, oh my gosh, I was just about to dive into like conversation for the for the song, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not. We're still on top of the show. That's right. And so uh, my big top of the show business is I've been fired <laughs> from this podcast now from my job. You, no, no, wait, wait, wait! You were laid off. <laughs> I was laid off. Fired, Danny. There's a there's a very big difference between the two. And I was, of course, just in case they're out there, of course, I signed an NDA. But I can say the position was eliminated. I have to be able to say that. I have to say that when I'm asked, why did you leave? Why, whatever. And I had to say that to unemployment insurance. But yeah, I don't well, have a job Well, we know at least right one person that you formerly worked with does listen sometimes. Right. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of who I was thinking of. Because I never right. mentioned that the existence of this podcast to anyone else. Right. <laughs> To anyone else. To anyone ever. Ever. I just put stickers up when I see stickers on a post. And I'm like, whoever, that's the most I do of... Oh, and the people outside the line at the concert. But the concerts on the East Coast. But yeah, I lost my job. So I'm already looking. Today's the second day of... No, I just got fired yesterday. So it is... Let go. Let go. I just got let go yesterday. I guess, yeah, fired means like... Yeah. It can be a bad thing. Yeah. Fired is a bad thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I know that much. I'm tired right now, and I'm. This isn't a job interview, so I don't have to be on. Right. This is just some podcast we do. Oh, I don't no, have to oh, be no. on. Oh no. Oh no. It would be better if you were. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to be on. I just want you to know everything uh, we need to say. And I do have. We do have voicemails. I was so going we'll to say. <laughs> so many times when ta- when we're done with talking about like. Our recent week, I uh, I'm like, let's get into the song, and you're like, voicemails. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, big, big goings on this week. I've been sick. April sick. Yeah, April sick. Danny got laid off. We're starting IVF. <laughs> yeah, and we're starting so IVF. Much I guess we haven't talked about that yet, but we're starting IVF. There's a couple people we told about how cost prohibitive it was, and. At this point, we didn't need to do any like crowdfunding. We'll see how things go because there's it's a possibility lovely loan we company just... we're working with. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's it's really nice because I'll just we should add, we'll plug them. 
future family. Yeah, if anybody else needs uh, they're amazing. help, yeah, financial aid with that, they're awesome. They have, like, nurses that, like, talk to you about everything. Yeah. And, like, I just had the uh, the appointment where they told me about all the shots. And our, our most of our refrigerator is now stuffed full. <laughs> right. of. There's, like, a huge bag of... Uh, medicine that I have to mix myself to to then give myself the injections like every day. And so uh, the financial aid people actually uh, like have nurses on staff and they're going to do a Zoom call with me when I go to do the first ones. So right. that's really awesome. Yeah. And that's what that's why they're so great is because if anyone else out there needs they're they're a they're a financier specifically for this specifically for fertility issues yeah like we looked at other medical loan companies which is ridiculous because it's it's so awful that like people have to go into debt for medical procedures like this but it is what it is (laughs) it's just it's how it works and then we found future family and they just specifically and most of their company is people who have experienced similar fertility issues whether yeah. it's direct infertility or yeah. unknown infertility like we have had to deal with and so they and then they have a nurse on call which is great because the company we're going through for the actual treatments isn't always on <laughs> <Yeah>. call <laughs> they're hard to reach in a pinch yeah so it's really awesome yeah yeah shout out future family so uh let's see at what voicemails we have here's kai calling Hey, this is Kai weighing in on the deep cut debate. I'm uh, I'm with Jessica, I think, on Sahara for forgetting not to slow down. Yeah. Despite the fact that I don't think it does belong on the album, and I think it is my favorite song on the album, instantly that's where my, my brain goes to thinking about deep cuts uh, for Sahara. But I, uh, I do have a major disagreement with Jessica's boomer take on Empty House. Oh, no! <laughs> it's definitely Flower. Flower is for sure uh, the deep cut. And Empty House, freaking rules, dude. You just, we'll have to do Empty House soon. So you can talk uh, about how you just hate the, the auto-tune I just thing. Like the we'll get to talk tune. about auto-tune in general, because auto-tune's so fascinating. You Let, kids these days with your robot voices oh, and whatnot. Please. Robot voices really got, because they share, <laughs> that's where it really starts. Uh, but the thing about auto-tune is, like anything, it was a tool that was, auto-tune's on everything, but it's actually used properly and you don't know it's there. Auto-tune right. actually exists to just gently tune vocals, right. and then you purposefully like crank it up. It's like when you see a content-aware stretch of an image for a meme, like when someone's like face is really bizarrely digitally squished. Content-aware on Photoshop is this thing that just like gently kind of squeezes everything together if you're just outside the ratio you want. But then people purposely like pull it all the way da- back and push it all the way back. So it's it's a the same thing with auto-tune auto-tune is a tool that people decide to take off the deep end because then it sounds cool and fun i just think matt Thiessen has spent a lot of time working on his vocals and they sound great and that maybe we leave the auto-tune over with owl city that's all if you loved me you take me to this to the owl city <laughs> right now i can't afford to take you anywhere well they- <laughs> Except to Doctor Strange tomorrow because we already pre-bought right, our tickets. We bought the tickets. They're paid for. 
Hey guys, this is Kai. I uh, I'm in the middle. Well, I guess I'm at the start of your your Lost Boy episode, and you guys are at the part where you're arguing about uh, the lyric as a right at the top of the song. Uh, you had a baby. You were 17 years old, and I'm just I'm absolutely laughing about the possibility of Matt Thiessen as like. I don't, I don't know the math, but as like a 30-something-year-old Christian, formerly Christian songwriter, confessing to uh, to being in love with a 17-year-old working at an airport. <laughs> an absolute power move that uh, that, that would be. Uh, but thank you guys for providing me some entertainment this morning. I don't remember. I remember the conversation. I don't remember which side we both fell on, but I think I was firmly on the she had a baby at 17 and right. then later met the narrator slash Matt Thiessen. And you were like... I was like, no. No. she. They, <laughs> it's not okay. But we were also... I mean, now that we're done with Collapsible Lung, it's like we were... And at the very end of it with the Sweeter episode, we were like, maybe some of these songs are true. Yeah. And we were constantly... Just pushing against it and saying that some of these yeah. songs are pure we're fiction. Like, no, no, he was probably just dating a lady at that time who had had a kid at seventeen, right? You know, and 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 then it kind of yeah, it kind of connects some things together. But but that's done. Whatever. <laughs> we went one way with collapsible lung for two and a half years, <laughs> and then at the very end, it's like a, it's like Christian. It's like some like I was taught in Christian school how Charles Darwin. Uh, recanted evolution on his deathbed which i don't even know if that's true it's just something they taught us in christian school there you go see see danny is talking about his christian school background going out telling us that we're not christian enough oh we'll getting get to more it. reviews in that we're not christian <laughs> enough well we'll get to it because guess who gets guess what gets mentioned and guess what this song's about it's about jesus for real like i'm not gonna say this song's not about jesus we have one more uh, voicemail from Kai, and then we have a voicemail from someone else to sort of wrap up uh, last week's episode, I think. But here's Kai calling again about Lost Boy, which is all kind of in celebration of us completing Collapsible Lung last week. Hey, this is Kai following up about, uh, about that Lost Boy call. And to clarify, I really don't know exactly what is meant by uh, by that lyric, but I do feel like if it was based on you know, an attraction with a huge age gap there. I would like to think that somebody in the Reliant K camp would be like, hey, man, we should maybe edit this lyric down a little bit, do a little pre-production on a, on the lyric side of things before before putting this out on a on a Christian, a Christian label or mono versus stereo or whatever it was. I'd like to think that those kind of roadblocks are in place, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, I don't know. He wouldn't be the first member of Reliant K to sing about underage girls, so... Oh, uh, John Warren. <laughs> well, what do we mean by that? Have you ever listened to Ace Troubleshooter? Oh my gosh. <laughs> don't, you'll get arrested. <laughs> just kidding. It's not the... It's just... What was that song? 17? How old was she in that song? Was she 17? Yeah. Or, okay. I don't remember what that song is about. Do we have, if Lots you go of and, songs about 17-year-old females. I think if you go and listen to our Ace Troubleshooter Patreon episode, I don't remember. It wasn't... It, I don't think 
was was the point of that Ace Troubleshooter song like John Warren's like she's seventeen she's hot check her out guys I don't think it was that I don't remember anymore now I'm gonna have to look it back <laughs> up again thanks a lot <laughs> well you do that well um, let me see yeah so I I think I, I agree I think if the song the song is not about the narrator slash Matt Thiessen. It's Amanda. Amanda talks about herself forever and a day. She'll have her way. Amanda talks about nothing, but she'll make you think it's poetry. It's too bad she's only 17. 17 years old. (laughs) She's too young. Yeah, she's too young. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Amanda talks about herself, but when she sings, it's gold. And it's too bad she's only 17 years old. So this song ended up on Tooth and Nail Records or BEC or something. So maybe that shows that there aren't those roadblocks to double check this kind of stuff. Yeah, 17 years old. She's too young. Yeah, she's too young. 17 years old. Can't take that girl no more. But like two, two, two things I think of with that in relation to... I think we talked about this in our Troubleshooter episode. But one is like in Christian churches and stuff like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it, 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 it but first of all there's so much like in dating in the churches like nobody goes outside like I met Jessica in college but everyone else from my Christian school all ended up together <laughs> also uh Reliant K notable Tennessee man now for quite some time pretty sure child brides are legal there now so you know <laughs> there's that too well that's more recent We'll see what the next Reliant K song has lyrics about. The next Reliant K album has lyrics about based off of that. And then the other thing is like, yeah, um, I definitely know a couple of other punk songs by secular (laughs) bands, which are about like, I say a couple of other, I can only think of one specifically, maybe two, that are about like, look out for the jail bait in the crowd. (laughs) Because I listened to, like, I checked out every punk band I can and there's, one song by the band Homegrown called Jailbait, and it's literally about like you're at a punk show and you can't tell which girls are underage because they're all so slutty. And that's part of, and I stand by the fact that Homegrown is uh, very much at, uh, an, a sexist band. <laughs> like I think, and people have like defended them. I definitely talked about it when I was on Zeitgeist Lab because I did one of their, I did their Homegrown episode, Homegrown episode, because there's connection there to MXPX. But yeah, Homegrown has some real messed up anti-women lyrics. So Ace Troubleshooter, Reliant K, they're up here. They're okay. They're just they're just above the surface. <laughs> Homegrown way down here. I'm... Brand new way <laughs> down there. Oh. I, you know, I I didn't expect to get on this subject today. I know, right? <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> No, but, but clearly it's just he's talking about that he's with a lady who had had when she was 17. Right, That's yes. got to be what it is about. Everyone's on the up and up. Everything's above board. <laughs> Everything's legal. We don't have any weird power dynamic things going on. It's, no. it's all good. So let's hear these two voicemails from a Josh. Not the I think it's he'll you know what? I just, I'm sorry. I want to wait, say one more thing. Cause I, and I, we talk about this in the Ace Troubleshooter episode where I was like, <laughs> I don't understand why men really want like super younger women. I st- I just, I don't get that. I don't really understand why you would want anyone super younger than you anyhow, because like, what are you going to talk about? But <laughs> aside from that, oh, I don't think I, yeah, it's about talking yeah for I know, I know. Cause I had a friend who used to date much younger and they had a, a similar response. So, but my thing is, I'm like, you know, like Danny said, we met in college. 
I was 18. Danny is four years older than me. And sometimes he gives me shit about things I did when we like first met or started dating. And I'm like, I was a literal teenager, Mr. 23 year old. Excuse me. You were an adult. You, you, you could go to war. So I'm like, I don't get why you'd want to date that much younger when Mr. Four, except for three weeks out of the year when he's five years older than me across the table here. <laughs> gives, I hope we didn't start dating me. during that five weeks because it'd be even worse. I, we didn't start dating them, but I think we actually met during that time. Um, yeah, it's just like, you know, I, you give me a hard time and I'm like, you give me a hard time, Dan, but like, I was a literal teenager. He's like, do you remember this thing you did when we started dating? And I'm like, I was 19 when we started dating. Excuse me. All right. <laughs> it's making me sound like a scumbag who listens to Homegrown and Brand New <laughs> and he's troubleshooter. I'm just saying I don't understand the draw of dating someone that much younger than you. Neither do I. Four years. Yeah, yeah I don't get it. I don't get it. Four years. Ugh, ugh. It's way too young. What do you talk about with them? Especially now? Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, here's a voicemail from someone else. They always go on about how they're like, oh, I remember oh. when I was getting into music and Nirvana was big. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was watching Disney Channel. I was watching Disney Channel, too. <laughs> yeah, but that's just because you're weird. I keep pressing play on the voicemail. <laughs> Hey, this is one of the many Joshes that have called you. This is PHP Josh. I was thinking about the albums and whatnot, and I realized that you all hadn't mentioned something that I thought was important for the quote-unquote trilogy of forgetting not slowed down, collapsible on an air for free, which is that every, not every album, but every album or secret album uh, up until then, had a, a funny, jokey album title. You've got The Lion K, which is just self-titled regular. And then you have Anatomy, Two Left, mm-hmm. uh, Five Score, and The Birds and the B-Side from National Tennis. All of them are sort of jokey. But the next three albums, Forget and Collapsible Lung and Air for Free, are all just named after songs in the album. Like those are more proper album titles and the rest are just sort of joking. Oh, yeah. so that was interesting. I think we've meant, I think I thought of that before. Maybe when we did Collapsible Long or Air for Free and we noted how few title tracks there are on Reliant Kids discography overall. We have come up against that. But I don't consider that to be proof of the last three albums being a trilogy of a story. I just would chalk that up to Reliant K turned a maturity corner with their presentation of their art. You know what I mean? Like after right, five yeah. score, after Bird and the B-Sides really, that's when like the jokiness is totally done as far as the music contained within their albums and yeah. the album packaging. Like of course Reliant K is going to joke and be twee on stage and with their promotional t- materials online. But after forget not slow down they just turned a corner maturity wise and they just it didn't make sense for them to go back yeah maybe they would go back with a new album but even like wind up bird which we're now just getting into is still like a mature 
presentation yeah. of the album itself. Yeah. And yeah. it could just be growing and changing in style and everything, you know, and kind of what you're into aesthetically. Right. And there are, you know, all my, a lot of my favorite bands that's kind of punk bands that kind of start out jokey sometimes turn a corner into more mature and dark with an album and Reliant K never went like super mature like I said they're still like joke around have a good time be happy not dark but yeah they just got like mature why you just because April just I'm just laughing because April, April just took herself away. to bed <laughs> like I just heard her jump <laughs> up in the bed we got one more voicemail, and then we will uh, get to the song. Hey, this is Josh. I left a voicemail last night for me. And uh, I was listening to another episode of the podcast of yours. And right, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, it just so happens that you said in your podcast exactly what I had given message for last night. So just, you know, go ahead and delete that and get rid of it and ignore me. Oh, whoops, well, too late. <laughs> it, it got us to discuss. He's, did you hear what he, it was kind of that voicemail was a no, little I hard to hear. No, I was having trouble hearing it. He said. Plus, I have the headphones on. And so it, coming through the mic, it doesn't always uh, the help next, amplify The next it. day, we just happened to. He listened to the episode where we just happened to make the exact point he called up about. But I have no problem. with. So he was like, go ahead, delete it. No, I'm, I'm cool with, you know. Because I don't remember half the things we talk about, so I really need to be yeah, reminded of yeah. things. And I have no problem people calling up, even if we already end up... I guess the 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 way in which we do this podcast, like, if we miss a point in an episode or we need a correction, it ends up in the next episode or two. Right. You know, it's not like I go back and edit in corrections. I don't think I've ever done that with a previous episode. I've thought about it, but then I never actually have done it. Sometimes we've caught things before we air it and we're like, oh, let's toss in a little edit there right. or something or chop out something that was completely wrong that we realized after the fact. But yeah, I have no problem with people calling up and things happening to have been mentioned before because we talk about the same stories from our personal <laughs> lives over and over and over. Um, so I just want you to know that's what people could be saying to us. It's like, I just want you to know, or I, you know what I'm saying? It's our listeners. I just want you to know, call up with whatever. I just want you to know it's no problem. If we already talked about something in a previous episode, this show is nothing if not redundant. (laughs) On that note, something about this intro sounds like every song on the Twilight soundtrack. I really like it, oh, but yeah, I don't know what it is. Guitar. Something about it, yeah. It's that kind of shoegazy opening, but it's not a shoegazy song. It's like a, it's it's very countryish, and you know how Google Play categorizes this right. album as a country album right. because there is a couple of more country elements. I mean, it's called the Nashville Tennis EP. The first half of the Burden the B sides is called the Nashville Tennis EP. So it's fitting that there are kind of slightly more countryish elements. And this is one of the songs in which those countryish elements can be found. And then you have Schneck's song, which. Which is flat out just a country yeah. song. And you probably have some other ones, but I'm not going to go look and figure <laughs> out those. Uh, I really love this song, except the bridge. I'm not a fan of that very slight musical shift. It's very slight, but. Oh, you mean the music, not the fact that he. No, 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 not mentions the... Mentions Christ there. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool to sing about God. 
Be cool about fire safety, but don't be uncool and sing about God. That's what I'm going to do to get back at the they're not Christian enough reviews. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> I don't like that this one's about God on, my, well, I've still got on our Reliant K podcast. Right. And that's the thing is we've never, I've never said them upset. Now, I definitely said like when a song doesn't, when a song feels like it purposefully straddles the line, I say like this song is straddling the line. Or when people have tried to ham fist a Christ analogy into lyrics that are clearly just a pop song, I pushed against that. But I've never said it's like, I've never tried to remove when a reference is clearly about Christ and this song is clearly about Christ. He mentions Christ by all by name. He says man with the hole in his hands. Like we know what he's singing about here. But I do have some maybe conflicting uh, ideas about what the song as a whole is about. Yeah, sure. And I mean, that's that's fine. And that's what art is. It's <sighs> subjective. Right. And I mean, I do have a, a note where that it, it is kind of odd that in the bridge that as some do say line has the same vibes of if he was real from <laughs> that, that yeah. weird that sort interview. of inf- infamous yeah. interview where it was, a, I think it was a warp Tour interview. Yes. And a lot of like apologetic <laughs> Reliant K fans have been like, oh, they were tempering the interview for the crowd, for the audience that this interview would be for. And I'm like, okay. Except wasn't it with like Ezekiel.com or something like that? I'm pretty sure it was oh. with a Christian interviewer. I'm not really sure. I don't remember. I guess maybe we should do an episode. Maybe we should do a Patreon episode just about that entire <laughs> interview. Uh, yeah, it is funny. Like, so that, that some do say, so Let's get into this. So let me just discuss the what I think the song is about overall. Because it is about a relationship with Christ. But I do think that this is a much more mature and somewhat more... Uh, su- not subtle, but a more delicate topic than any other song they have that's specifically about a relationship with Christ. And it's kind of fitting that it's on this album. Because I always come back to The Lining of Silver. I always come back to it when we did that song and how, you know, on the first four or so albums, there are songs that like, you know, seem to, if not persecute, sort of like judge sin, whether he's judging him, he's judging himself all the time. And like, I fell short of being a Christian and I fell short and I'm sinful and, and whatever. He doesn't lean, Tyson's songwriting doesn't lean as heavy into that God, I'm such a worthless hunk of crap. Why do you love me? Like self-flagellating. He doesn't lean in as heavily into that as a lot of other Christian punk on like Tooth and Nail Records did. But he does like get towards that. Or just, you know, I need to be better. Bad friend, bad Christian Tyson songs, whatever. Then on this album, The Lining of Silver is on there. And I interpreted that as a corner turned. As, a, as like where he stopped judging himself and he stopped judging other people like what have you been doing lately and he says the the lining that silver is in us and on this same album i think this song is also that mature view at judging what it means to be a christian to him at this point and what it means to have sort of a mission as opposed to like the mission of maybe early relying K where it was like, get out there and get people saved and make them realize they need to stop sinning. Like, no, this is like the turning point. So to me, this song is about, I might need to pull up the lyrics, but it seems to me 
that this song is basically about being a woke Christian. <laughs> that this song is about not being a bad Christian which and not being a judgmental, hate-filled Christian. Right, and which there have been even early songs, like anatomy songs about that, yeah. right next to other songs that contradict that. Right. Uh, this is a song where before this week I had... I didn't have a huge grasp on what it was. I kind of thought it was like cheeky. Like, I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. Like, I just want you to know that I'm right. Right. About in like any argument. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really have a specific takeaway for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but verse one is, I'm a human being, being happy and sane. Oh, but human beings, we all need to quit being inhumane. Right. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, chorus. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. Verse two, I have a reputation for replacing my confidence with fear, but I'll be untiringly embracing a love that I have found to be sincere. Chorus, I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. Bridge, to know that there was a man who lived one day with holes in his hands, as some do say, and I believe we'd be friends if we talked and prayed. So we do. That's why we do. Because I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. And then it's, it's that last part. It's very simple, concise lyrics. Yeah. So there was a Reddit post I was I had started where someone made me realize that I never listened closely to this song. Now, I, have, I had listened to this song, and I realized that the bridge is about Christ. But um, at some point... Now, it, it was at some point when we did a Nashville tennis song where I realized that a couple of the songs on Nashville Tennis are proto Forget and Not Slow Down songs. They are about, there are a couple of songs on here, a handful of songs on here that are about the same relationship that Forget and Not Slow Down in its entirety are about. And uh, just to step into that discussion for a second, we know that uh, Bird and the B-Sides wouldn't probably exist, at least not in the form that we have it, if there wasn't a contractual obligation to release something that year. So it's been my presumption from learning that, and we learned that from a couple of people, and I think John Schneck confirmed it a little bit when he was on our show, and it's been my presumption with that, that, you know, Thiessen's engagement was struggling at this time, by 2008, when this album was released, and he's starting to write songs about that experience in his life. And maybe he's already written or started to work on some of the songs for Forget and Not Slow Down. But now they need to release an album's worth of new material before they're ready to work on album number six. So they put together these new songs, a couple of songs that he feels like probably aren't fully or good enough for album number six. So he records those songs like this and The Lining is Silver and other new songs. Then they get the whole band to write and record a song each to fill things out. And they write a couple jokey songs like Beam In, which apparently may have actually been written literally on the road during sound checks. So I think that this Nashville Tennis EP is a couple of prequel songs to Forget Not Slow Down combined with a bunch of fun, goofy material. And then the second half is all B-side. So I'm setting that up. Now, when I realized this, I was going through every non-joke song, trying to fit it into this theory that I now had. And I thought, oh, this is like a proto, completely forgetting that the, that the, that the bridge is about Christ. 
I just looked at the song. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember the first few lyrics to that song. Oh, this must be a proto version of "If You Believe Me," right? Because <laughs> it does it's the same have, sentiment. It does exactly. It has that exact same sentiment. It's just you have to look past sort of the chorus, right? So it's so "If You Believe Me" is clearly you know we I don't think we haven't done that song yet, but "If You Believe Me" is about him pleading to the person who's leaving who's breaking off the relationship to say if you believe me we wouldn't be in this mess if you believe me blah 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 well I, it's a, it's a similar sentiment to say i just want you to know so i was wrong there this doesn't belong this i don't think this song belongs in the forget and not slow down prequel box right. out of these nashville tennis songs it's funny that you actually had that take then because uh, the lyrics all together to me feel more like early Reliant K, although the music is very much of its era. Right. Like the lyrics, the you know, if you it's look country. at those, <laughs> right, if you look at those early songs, very simple, sort of, you know, you know, same sort of mm-hmm. sentiment, somewhat similar structure. Right. And I mean, even going back to the demo, you know, this feels like this could have been written by Tyson in an early era. And then he just like fleshed it out later. I mean, if they needed to deliver at least 10 new songs, which they delivered more than 10 new songs. So if they needed to deliver 10 new songs on the first half of the B-side collection in order to fill a contractual obligation, maybe some of the melodic content was things that had been left over for years that he fleshed out in its entirety, possibly. But I went on Reddit when I figured out, I called it almost forgotten. That's what I call my headcanon of the, basically what amounts in my mind to a prequel EP to forget and not slow down. That if you pull these songs out of Nashville tennis and when I released, when I talked about this on Reddit, I created a Reddit post and someone was like, Oh, well, I mean, Reddit, that song's about Christ. I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> That's Unfortunately, I already put it in my YouTube like compilation. So I'm like, okay, unfortunately, that's locked in there. And I don't think that, that this song belongs in there anymore. But the person on Reddit said, I always thought this song was about witnessing to someone about Christ. Or I just, and I was like, oh, okay. So then I haven't thought about it since that Reddit post. But then that was in mind when I started listening to the song again this week. And I realized that, like, if this song is about witnessing to someone who doesn't believe in Christ, which might be a lot of people's interpretations of the song, I personally don't see it that way. I think it absolutely can be taken that way, and I see how it can. But I don't think that the phrase, I just want you to know, I don't want to say I'm right, I just want you to know, is a really crappy way to phrase it to someone who doesn't believe in Christ. Because also that puts like the salvation on the person delivering the message. And yet isn't that how a lot of Christians, Christians do approach things? A lot of in the proper sense of evangelical. Yeah. Not in the cultural sense of evangelical that we are kind of saddled with now when you say evangelical and it just puts all this like political and cultural baggage with it. But like the, the dictionary definition of evangelical is you need to get out there and get people saved. You need to get out there and proselytize and convert people. So in the classic evangelical sense, that is how a lot of people do go out and try to get people saved. It's like, I want you to know that God is real. What's wrong with you? You know, as opposed to living as an example and being a force of good in your community 
and showing people love and mercy and having them look at you and be like, oh, well, this person's a Christian and they seem to have it figured out or they have something, they have something and I see them doing nothing but good in their community and never being forceful and cruel yeah. and hate-filled towards anybody. So maybe there is something to Christianity. But Which is how I personally had always lived, even at my like most sort of gung-ho, you know, young, excited Christian, I was still very much like I was not pushy. And I never liked that pushier sort of aspect (laughs) that came with it. And so, yeah, if this is about like testifying and stuff that, yeah, I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. It's always sounded that line. the, The chorus has always sounded cheeky to me and like kind of like, like, being kind of a jerk and so i'm like looking at this song now i'm kind of i kind of go back and forth on what what message is being put out through this well i think i have i have a solid idea in my headcanon about what this song is saying but just to go through this interpretation of it for another second to get to what i'm thinking like I said, if you say to, if you're trying to get someone to believe in Christ and you go up to them and just say, I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to automatically know that is a bad way of doing it. And the salvation that you're evangelizing doesn't come from how correct you are. It comes from, it should be, it's supposed to come from the correct ideas presented through Christ, through the word of God, through his church, or through the works. It's it's not that you're right. You know what I mean? And you, when you think I'm right, that's when it gets to a point where like you're trying to enforce and you end up filled with kind of like hate. And you end up like being mad that people aren't believing in you instead of having completely unimpeachable patience that like Christ himself had. Like when Christ went out to be with the beggars and the prostitutes and the the sinners and be among them and, and the and the homeless and the wounded and the sick, when he went to be among them, he didn't say, Hey, I just want you to know. I don't want you, I don't want to have to say this. I just want you to know that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> Christ didn't do that specifically he he said here i am here's my message here's what i have to offer i'm the son of god yada 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 (laughs) i don't mean to yada 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 christ but he came at it with patience and goodwill and kindness and being an example and a beacon the fact that he's the son of god so what i think this song is actually saying having said all that is i think it's about being a woke christian when you look at the first line I'm a human being, but being happy and sane. Oh, but human beings, we all need to quit being inhumane. He says human beings. He says humanity as a whole. Now, Christians can see that and be like, yeah, the world, they're inhumane. The world outside of Christ, the world without the love of Christ, they're awful. They're evil. They're inhumane. But some of the worst things, especially in the last, like, several years, several generations have come from people claiming to be Christ, the most racist and hateful and, and like awful things. I don't even want to put names on the specific groups. We all know what groups. (laughs) So if he's saying here, 
I just, we all need to stop being inhumane. He's not, he's saying all of us, he's including all of us need to be inhumane. And guess who's included in the group of all of us? The Christians as well, or the people who claim Christ. Yes. Yeah. They're in the all of us as well. Yeah. I think that if you, uh, the more that I sit here and look at the lyrics, I think it's literally just you, you take it as each thing. Like, Verse one, I'm a human being, being happy and sane. Oh, but human beings, we all need to quit being inhumane. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. Yeah. I think he's like, what I just said, I don't want to say that I'm right about what I literally just said. I just want you to already know that. And then as you go down, he's like, I have a reputation for replacing my confidence with fear, but I'll be utterly embracing a love that I have found to be sincere. And he's like, I don't want to say that I'm right with what I just said. I just want you to know. Right. I think it's just like literally like each of these lines is just that is the chorus is just the punch of like what I just said. Yeah. Like what I literally Did just, you hear what said. I just said. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's a I mic don't drop have chorus. To say it. Yes. It's exactly. a mic drop chorus. Yeah. And chronologically, if you interpret this song as being about testifying or evangelizing for for salvation through Christ chronologically it doesn't hold up because the first thing he says isn't we all need christ in our hearts we all you know he says we need to stop being inhumane and there can be a correlation there to people who you know people who understand salvation and you know have felt christ in their hearts and have that salvation about when you once you have the love of christ you want to stop being inhumane there's a correlation there but he didn't say he doesn't mention Christ until halfway through the song. He says, we need to stop being inhumane. That's it. That's all he wants you to know is we need to stop being inhumane. Now, it could be by all of us having the love of Christ, but the actual love of Christ and not the version where you proclaim Christ and then you impede on people's rights and you actively try to take away their freedoms, you know what I mean? Or hurt them or damage them in some way or criticize them in such a way that you're not evangelizing them. You're, you're not like by hating people, you're not going to get them to turn to Christ. Like, you know, (laughs) there's a whole, there's a whole period in human history where, where Christianity picked up swords and went out to Islamic nations and killed people because they weren't Christian enough. That's the history of Christianity. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the portions of the history of Christianity. So we're just picking, we're still, we still have those crusade that so many people still have that crusade mentality. They're still picking up swords and going out there and killing the heathens, but with words and sometimes literally with guns and bombs and stuff. But, you know, more or less at this point with like action, political action is their sword taking away the people's rights and going out there and being hate filled on Twitter and social media and in public and all that kind of stuff and making people have to pretend that they're not who they are. So it's halfway through the song by the bridge. He says, there was a man to know that there was a man who lived one day with holes in his hands, as some do say, and believe, and I believe we'd be friends if we talked and prayed. So we do. That's why we do. At this point, I don't think he's saying, I want you to know that this man existed. He's saying like, I just told you, in the first two verses, how we suck, including Christians, we suck, we're hurtful, we're evil, we damage each other, and I want to be better than that, and I want to be so much better 
that I believe Christ would be happy with me. I want to stop hurting people and stop like trying to force people to be a certain way and just love people unconditionally with actual uncondition so that when I meet Christ, we are friends. He says, oh, good, you're doing what I actually asked everyone to do and died asking everyone to do and came back. You did it. You're doing it. Awesome. We're friends. I mean, Christ would be friends with you anyway because he loves everyone unconditionally. But yeah, that's what I think he's getting at. I see. And I read the bridge or read the bridge a little bit differently okay. in that. It's like, I just want you to know, I do want you to know that there was a man who lived one day with holes in his hands. As some do say, I think there's a break there. There's an invisible break. Okay. And it says, and I believe we'd be friends if we talked and prayed, meaning as oh. a collective human humanity okay that's a great and so we do that's why we do and i don't want to say i'm right i just want you to know that's why we do yeah that if we talked and prayed i believe we'd be friends like if we were happy and sane and quit being inhumane we could be we could all be friends right which there are similar um there are similar songs earlier on in Reliant K's discography that have a very similar note to them, like Mm -hmm. lyric wise that push that same sort of idea forward. And I'm trying to remember which song specifically it is (laughs) because we (laughs) do this every week and they all get jumbled in my head. Right. Um, But I I can't remember. Like, I'm like, I feel like it's it's either on the first one, the self-titled or anatomy. And I'm like, which which one is that? Oh, 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 it's uh, crayons can melt on us. (laughs) Exactly. Got it. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, Like, it could be Down in Flames. I'm like, I'm trying to remember what song I'm I'm thinking. I mean, Down in Flames is definitely about Christians. Yeah. That's what that song's about. Exactly. So there, there is like sort of this, it's been an idea. Right bopping around right in reliant k before even in and on one of their you know what i kind of consider one of their more like pushing thoughts on you being accusatory and that sort of thing judgmental yeah you know there was always this inkling of inclusivity from reliant k from the very beginning and it never it didn't come out of what is what's occurred with reliant k in the last year did not come out of left field. It's always been there. And when I think of Christian rock and punk music from this time, like with like Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX, like there were these ideas of like not accepting everything the church or the church leaders told us, like especially in Five Iron Frenzy music and a little bit in MXPX, like the idea that the establishment whether that was a secular or a Christian establishment, wasn't necessarily looking out for you. It was in a lot of this music. And then, of course, there's other bands that were like probably much more stringent and much more like, we need to be exactly like this and we need to go out and get people saved. I feel like Relying K was sort of smack dab in the middle, like especially since they start in 2000. You know what I mean? So a couple of these other bands with these influences, and especially we've talked about how I feel like when Relying K started, they started with the 
idea of we will be a Christian punk band and we will do what the Christian punk bands do. But they come up in a time in 2000 where these these Christian punk bands over here who are about getting you saved, but they also say like the church does damage. And then these Christian punk bands over here who say you got to get saved, you got to believe in Christ, but maybe we won't, we, we don't realize that the church does damage. So Reliant case smack dab in the middle. So they're like right on the cusp of like going either way. And I like the way they went. <laughs> and I think it was always a part of them. Especially because I don't think... I don't know if Reliant K was, like, full-on evangelical to begin with. They're from Ohio. You know, I, I, was, I talk about it all the time now. I've been trying to recontextualize it and figure it out. But I'm from Boston. And, like, what evangelical and what Christian meant there wasn't exactly the same. Although there was certainly this sort of, like, the judgmental, what's now called evangelical way of thinking and politically and stuff like that in Boston, but I'm like, also in Ohio, like, was it really conservative, straight line, hard line, right Christian I mean, there? I, maybe. I had my, uh, one of my closest friends in high school who I bring up every now and then because we went to our first Reliant K show together. She and I would go to youth group every, whatever that was, I don't remember, I think it was Sunday night <laughs> together. And her parents were very, very strict. And she was from Ohio and they okay. ended up moving back to Ohio and then back to Florida and then back to Ohio again, where they have oh, now why, stayed why, and why. very, very conservative. But I think you get that anywhere with any state. And I don't, right. I don't remember exactly where she was from. I think she was from somewhere somewhat close to like the Canton area which oh. was why she was a Reliant K fan oh, okay. um, and so her parents were very much like you can't date you can't do this and she <laughs> went against them and did that anyway but it was like it was very particular they took her out of our um our non-Christian small private school and put her into the mega church school that was there. Okay. Uh, shout out First Academy for our Orlando listeners. And so they put her in that school because they felt that she wasn't getting enough Christian influence in our school. Mm. So I don't know, because that could just be that particular area. You know, you grew up how you did, but like there's very, you grew up next to, you know, strict Catholics and stuff. So I don't, I don't know that it's location based per se. I think. Well, it's just I just want of, you to know <laughs> if it's location based. And of course I grew up in I, mostly Presbyterian. I went to Presbyterian and Methodist churches when I was growing up. And I don't think my dad came from a lot of religion. His parents were, well, his mom was Scottish, like off the boat, sort of Scottish. And mm. then his dad was Irish Catholic, but he was not religious. So like my dad's aunt would sometimes make him go to mass with her, but like, that was it. Like that was his like sort of, sort of Christian okay. background before he met my mom. And my mom had grown up in, the Presbyterian church and her dad was like a Mason master of the lodge, all that stuff. So she was a Job's daughter and did all that sort of thing, okay. but was not super strict or whatever. And it was just always very, they were very like all about being open and loving and loving everyone. They had lots of different kinds of friends. So it was never, you know, I did not grow up in sort of a restrictive, you know, culture which i've talked about before i right. you know i found reliant k because i was like on a youth group trip and was like oh i like this band this is cool it was not like my mom did not take me to the christian bookstore and say find a cd <laughs> this <laughs> is the only place you're yeah. it was like i found the insiders because we were in the mall one day and i saw the art 
for Scalaluya. And I was like, oh, I like this art. Mom, can I get this CD? And she looked at it and she was like, oh, we know all these songs from church. Sure. Why not? (laughs) So you didn't grow up in a stringent, very conservative community, of course, because you grew up in Florida. And we all know Florida is very easygoing about all that stuff. They... Definitely. I grew up all across the South. I also grew up in the Atlanta suburbs before no, we moved to Florida. Especially because so. you lived right near Disney and, right. you know, like that whole area, like everyone's going to be really cool there. No one's going to try to enforce any specific Listen, way of thinking uh, Flor- in that area. Florida's gone through ebbs and tides. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not, I'm not asking you to account for Florida. Don't. There's amazing people in Florida and great communities that are not a part of what's going on there. Um, it's a big state, and there's a lot of people moving there. And I'm not even talking about when the current governor's like, all these Californians are moving here trying to bring their Californian values. I'm like, there's already like amazing like communities in that area that do not agree with a lot of other communities there. But whatever. Uh, with that, we'll take our break. I'll take April for a walk, hoping she'll make a big duty because she's been oh, a little constipated. <laughs> As some people who don't agree with us think we're making big duties here on the podcast. That's right. And we'll be right back. We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Isaac, James, Kendall, Josh A., Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash... Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. So there are actually a few genius annotations this week. Okay. Uh, The chorus is annotated. Uh, And this annotation is unreviewed. So Genius Annotator says... They say anger is the greatest motivator. Given the band's Christian background, I'd suspect this all refers to a situation where two friends fought and the person through which, excuse me, through Wick the song's perspective is written is objectively right. But despite the potential anger in situations where we face stubborn people, we don't 
They don't want to say they're right, but they just want the other friend to know what they believe from a place of honesty, not anger. They believe in a man who lived one day with holds in his hands, extend grace, not hate or condemnation in situations of conflict. It's kind of more of a song meetings entry (laughs) than a genius annotation, but all right. Uh, Where'd the song meetings people go once? uh... I guess. uh, But song meetings is still around. We do have song meetings next. Uh, So then the bridge to know that that there was a man who lived one day with holes in his hands. Genius annotator said, I'd be willing to bet that this is referring to Jesus's death on the cross. That'd be a good bet. Uh, And how the nails were driven through his hands. When he came back from the dead, he showed his disciples the scars on his palms from the nails. Then there's six comments over on song meetings. Uh, Boff Boff on July 17th, 2008 said, a simply amazing statement. He just want to tell you about Jesus. He doesn't claim to be right. He just want you to know. Right. So this is that interpretation of the song, which is probably a lot of people's interpretation of the song. Rose underscore armor on August 7th, 2008 said one comment. Come on. This song is great. Smiley face. Uh, Allie on August 27th, 2008 said great message, but not their best work. Acceptable. <laughs> I said acceptable to that comment. Right. They've never played uh, it live. So I do think yeah. it's it's an album cut for sure. It's an album oh, yeah. cut. And therefore, this could be one of the deeper cuts on Nash- the national tennis side of things. L. Nikki on December 11th, 2008 said, I really like the first verse, but after that, it's not a strong message. There is a message, but I don't know. They've done better, but it's a good song overall. Then there is a longer uh, comment up next from Follower of Faith on April 4th, 2010 said, Whoa, the comments for this song are kind of sad. Let's change that. I like this song. The tune is really catchy and the lyrics are simple and quirky, yet still meaningful and easy to relate to. They could have complicated the lyrics a lot more, but I love how simple and easy to understand they are. It would have taken away from the song if they had made it into a quote unquote bigger song because that is what the whole song is about. Just simply stating that they want you to know God exists. I really especially love the part that where it says to know that there was a man who lived one day with holes in his hands as some do say and i believe we'd be friends if we talked and prayed i believe so many of the people i know and i would be friends with if we talked and prayed i love how plain and simple he says it to me it's about how he has been arguing with someone about god existing but he doesn't want to just come out and say that he 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 doesn't want to just come come right out and and say say it uh but he doesn't want to just come out and say that he is right because he knows that it won't get them anywhere. He is tired of them both trying to insist that they are right. So he is putting up a kind of white flag in their war of faith. He is saying that he just wants this person to know, the person to know that God is out there and loves him. He doesn't care if he wins the argument or not. Its meaning reminds me of from end to end. It's too bad the song is so short. P.S. Sorry for using the word simple so much. Uh, podcasts are going away on Facebook. Who listened to podcasts on Facebook? I thought you meant you I, couldn't post about podcasts on Facebook oh, anymore. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. No, that's a- <laughs> Our podcast is on Facebook. I didn't submit our podcast to Facebook. It must have got it from some other RSS feed. Wow, I had no idea that was a thing. Uh, it's Thomas0295 on September 15, 2016 said... 
I honestly don't understand the negative negativity about this song. To me, it's a quirky song about a deep subject, sharing Jesus without fear. It talks about how difficult it can be to build the confidence to share Jesus and how it'd be just so much easier if everyone just knew the truth and we didn't have to do any work to share it. But that's not the case. I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know. All all yeah, valid yeah. comments, as I all mean, comments are. It's a, it's. I mean, we're just digging deeper to get a, a different message from it, maybe. Maybe it is just about salvation, but I really don't see it that way. Chronologically, like I said, it seems to me he's saying, I just want you to know that we're all inhumane. <laughs> so... Uh, that's it. That's all that I have this week. Oh, that's all you have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I don't want to have to play you any of the covers or whatever. I don't want, I, you know, I just want you to know. <laughs> I totally, I totally. Why don't you just come right out and play it, Danny? I'll just come right out and play it. <laughs> Which you were like walking around singing earlier today and I had stuck in my head for so long. <laughs> Every time we do a song, even if it's a song I didn't like super love, it's stuck in my head for the rest of the week. Until we pick the next But song. we haven't done Come Right Out and Say It in like a year and a half. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> You're saying Come Right Out and Say It. I'm talking about whatever song we do each week, even if it's a song like Gloria, it's just stuck right. in my head for the week following. Well, that's because Gloria is one darn catchy song, Dan. It's Reliant Kate's best song. It's their masterwork in a way. <laughs> but we're not talking about their best song called Gloria. We're talking about their second best song called I Just Want You to Know. <laughs> So there's no live performances of this song to speak of. Uh, Don't think it's ever been played live. I didn't check Setlist FM, but there's absolutely nothing on YouTube. So here is from three years ago, DiGiorno's Pizza. (laughs) I don't think it's the official DiGiorno Pizza YouTube. Uh, You know, YouTube, your display name can be anything. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Right. Like your display name, like Twitter. It used to have to be like your email or whatever, and now it isn't anymore. Yeah, well, there was a point where YouTube, because of the toxicity of their city, of their city, (laughs) system of a down, because of the toxicity of their comments, whatever, because of the toxicity of their comments, there was a point like eight years ago, maybe, where YouTube wanted to force everyone to use their real name. Remember that? Like, you'd log in and it'd be like, okay, time to use your real name. Right. But then there was like, but our YouTube channel is a brand or a podcast or it's a a comedy channel or something. Yeah, during the, what was that? What was that? Google Plus? What was that called? The, there's Right, the transition with the merging maybe of Google Plus and Google, yeah, all that crap. And, uh, but that was such a horrible way. You were like, we're not going to police the hateful comments we're just gonna force you i just want you to know that it has to be your real name <laughs> so um anyway DiGiorno's pizza not the not the actual DiGiorno's pizza because your username can be anything uh, i could call my channel you could call this channel relying k for all you want this is a spleetered track they put together so they call it an instrumental but it's really gotcha. just a spleetered track so it's clearly just a processed version with the lyrics taken out so here it is let's see if let's see if we hear any interesting sounds sure in the splitter version right (laughs) 
Doesn't sound good. Not a good splitter track. Sounds very much like uh, it's been run through Napster a couple of times, run through LimeWire <laughs> a couple of times. But we might still hear some different guitar tones that are buried in the mix. Let's keep listening. <laughs> You have a very twee, like I said, kind of. I thought you were going to say twangy, and I was like, I think that's just well, the it's twangy, <laughs> but it's like a, it's like a, yeah, it is like a country thing, but it's also mixed with a little bit of. Oh, I didn't mean that. Mean that I meant the tinniness. I was like, which is just right. The, I just mean this. The the this the splitter version here has that one guitar that bring. It's almost. It's not quite Hawaiian, but it is sunny. It's almost like Islands in the Sun by Weezer. It's just this bright. New wavy style upbeat bring. Lots of fun stuff in there. I don't know. I don't really have any comments to say on it. But I did forget to talk about the like, all right, with the beginning, when he just goes, all right. And on the lyric sites, it's like, all right, as if that's part of the lyric. But no, that's one separate line, and then the lyrics start, where he says, all right. But sometimes they bunch that all right together with the first line of the song. Let's listen to the bridge with this awful splitter. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I paused too soon. Let's hear this. Nah. So <laughs> all it's really showing to me is that this is a really fun mix of like a country twangy thing with like some heavy weasery distortion driving r- pop rock with a little bit of a new wave like like 5% new wavey thing going on. And this is a very interesting combination of styles mixed in such a way where it sounds like original but also sounds derivative at the same time like this is really a very standout track musically for Reliant K in some ways like not the most standout to a point where you're like oh I gotta hear that song that song's amazing but stand out from the rest of their catalog in such a way of like it just sounds familiar but it also sounds derivative right which is the same thing I gotcha (laughs) I mean it sounds derivative familiar but it also sounds original just an interesting mix of styles I I knew what you're saying and I see what you're saying yeah so uh, there's only one cover, and it was a live performance at some sort of uh, like open mic or talent show type thing. This is Abe Howe. A-B-E is the first name. H-O-W-E is the last name. Uh, it's called I Just Want You to Know. All right. I have so many notes in the last couple weeks for people's covers. Oh my goodness. But what, what was that song we did from uh, Five Score that you never remember the name of and I can't remember <laughs> the name of right now? Uh... <laughs> I just want I'm you to... I'm taking you with me. I'm taking you with me. <laughs> so... I blurted it before you could, like, get, get me my, off track with the, my, this the week's joke, song. The yeah, pun, exactly. The I was like, I know what he's doing. I need I need to get there. <laughs> so I had all those notes on that wedding performance of I'm Taking You With Me, where they could have made that, like, they, they just needed to not try to do the album track exactly as it is. 
you need to cut out the whoa o's at the beginning uh daniel also noted how like you know we didn't say the guitarist was standing behind the singer so the timing was off and there was a lot of feedback when I posted that clip of that wedding performance where people were like, oh, bless their hearts. <laughs> They're trying their best, but whatever. So here, he's trying to sell the all right from the album. You know, you don't need to sell the all right from the album. It's it's just, you don't need to say it or do it differently. Like, I don't know. That's an album thing. Sometimes songs have things that are just meant for the album and you don't need to sell it live. What's that real big fish song? Well, I shoot, I did all that and I can't <laughs> I can't get the song. Anyway, there's a there's a real big fish song where it goes and then in the album cut it goes woo ha. But that's just in the album. But then people do that live. But the band doesn't do that live. Because I don't think it was ever intended to be performed live. But people do that part live when they're in the crowd. Danny, just let people be the way they want to be. Like, <laughs> So that's my first note for... That's my only note for Abe Howe. I don't want to say I'm right. I just want you to know to just leave everybody alone and let them do their thing. Uh, if it makes them happy and sane, it's all good. So this is from 12 years ago. It just says cover by Abe Howe. There's no explanation of what kind of performance this was but i skipped uh 45 seconds in and we'll just hear a little further into the song i've a reputation for replacing my confidence with fear but i'll be untiringly embracing the love that i have found to be sincere I don't want to say I'm right Cause I just want you to know Yeah, I don't want to say I'm right Cause I just want you to know He's wearing the Flyers jersey like it's uh, Clerks. <laughs> like it's a character from Clerks. But they're very nice. I don't have any notes like... That's a Detroit Red Wings jersey, Danny. Like he's Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's it. That's it. But doesn't, not Dante, Randall wears, what What hockey jersey does Randall wear? I don't know, I don't remember, but probably the uh, New Jersey Devils. Hold on. If I had to guess, but I don't know. Randall? I don't remember. Clerks. It's been a minute. Hockey jersey. Ugh. Uh, these are Clerks-themed hockey jerseys. <laughs> of course, because What's-His-Nuts is known for wearing nothing but hockey jerseys. Right. Doesn't one of the Clerks... Maybe I'm just thinking of I, how Kevin Smith wears yeah, hockey jerseys. I, I could have sworn Randall wears a hockey jersey at one point in one of the two movies. I mean, and that it's I'm orange. sure at some point, probably. Well, orange, so probably... Maybe it's it's the uh, the Oilers or the Islanders, then? Oh, that would make sense. Uh, those would New be... Jersey, New York. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm just giving you the or- ones that have orange in them. All right. Or, I mean, the Canucks have had, like, every color at some point. Canucks sounds like a like a slur. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the name of the team. Right, it's, yes. Do people, are people mad about that? Like, they're mad about the, the Redskins? 
No, because <laughs> Can- Canucks, it's just like a joke. It's, the, it's like another name for Canadian people. It's the, it's the hard like, K sound. Anything with a hard K sound at the end makes me think it's a, it's a swear or a slur. I see. Well, let's I hear... love that there's the Canucks and the Canadians, which both mean the same thing. Two totally different teams, though. I love hockey ball. It's so much fun. Anyway, here's the bridge from if this is the only cover, we'll keep we'll we'll go through it a little bit. Here's uh so it sounds like Abe's guitar is a little out of tune, but it's it's fun. It's nice. It's just a nice like little cover, a little cover perform live, just singing his heart out. So I love it. I'm sorry for the criticism of trying to perform the all right from the uh opening of the song. Let's hear the bridge. Hey, I'm right, cause I just want you to know, to know that there was a man who lived one day with holes in his hands, as some do say, and I believe we'd be friends if we talked and prayed, so we do. Lovely. There we go. I forgot, of course, when they go to... Jessica pulled up some uh, Clerks images. Of course, they play hockey on the roof. I forgot. So Dante is wearing a Penguins jersey. And Randall is wearing... uh, Can you tell what that is? I can't tell what that is. Because his hands are covering his chest fully. And... Yeah, I'm not super also super familiar with uh like mid what is that mid 90s uh uh Icon, all uh, like uh, yeah, yeah jerseys logos. and this guy over here he's just their friend who their friend is wearing a new jersey devils jersey yeah i am so looking forward to clerks two three because it is gonna be so bad <laughs> it's gonna be so bad yeah i can't tell what uh what what randall's wearing this could be just like a local team or whatever just like you know Gotcha. Like beer league or something. Did, were you with me when we drove past the uh, quick stop and then we? I was afraid to go in? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was with you or if that was with my friends Johnny and Jeff who I used to go to Reliant K shows with. Okay. No. I remember. I went to New York City from Boston. You know, five hour drive. Pretty simple. And this was pre-GPS, pre-iPhones. This is 2000. Oh, it's uh, When did American Idiot come out? 2004. So this is like 2004. And we couldn't find it. Like, I printed out MapQuest directions, and we couldn't find it. Then you and me, by 2009, we have iPhones, we have GPS or whatever, and we found it. And then I was afraid to go in, because <laughs> I didn't want to be that trite guy that goes into the quick stop and right. takes pictures. Now I want to go back. We never went. We never <laughs> went in there. Now that now that we've moved on from our Kevin Smith fandom, we left that back in college as well. I've all always should, vacilla- to I've be always <laughs> I've vacillated hot and cold between uh, Kevin Smith reactions at different points because I he's 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 you know what he's like a Reliant K cover that's not quite put together perfectly. He's he's doing his thing and and some of it's not successful, but yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, but Clerks 3 is going to be a giant, like, because especially <laughs> since his heart attack and, like, oh, no, well, Jay, Jay and Silent Bob reboot and how we were, like, just flabbergasted by, like, the self, you know, he's always been self-referential, but, like, 
just like how like the first 15 minutes of Jane Silent Bob reboot take place in two locations 15 minutes and you're in two locations you know what I mean and it's just all like he just loves his dialogue and there's no one to tell him no anymore and he's got these bond companies or whatever that are just like totally willing to work with him because they liked his early movies and he shoots in Louisiana so everything's cheap and he can pretend it's New Jersey I don't know I, I feel like the Relying K, I feel like the Relying K fandom that was allowed to watch secular movies or that didn't have like really helicopter parents definitely there's some Relying K uh, Kevin Smith crossover Reliant Kevin Smith that'll be our new podcast we're just gonna <laughs> find the the, the 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 match between Relying K and Kevin Smith's stuff you know some things from the the early 2000s should just be left there you know like <laughs> you think everything from the early 2000s should well, be left there well that's true except for Lane K well speaking of filmmaking there's one fan well, there's one fully shot fan music video and it's not a literal fan video you know i don't know if anyone like understands when i say literal fan video maybe i've taken for granted i don't know what you mean when you say literal <laughs> fan videos so. i feel like i explained it years ago but like a kevin smith movie i've taken for granted the self-referential nature of what i say and people probably don't know what i mean by that anymore when i say a literal fan music video i mean it's in the category of we literally interpret the lyrics in a literal way like it's janie got a gun <laughs> like this is a music video where it's going to be uh the lyrics acted out specifically this song's a little too abstract overall there needs to be some invention you can't just act this song out like it's pink tux to the prom so this video was uploaded 10 years ago by 13 piece unity i mean i don't know you could do a lot of hand waving like i don't want to say i'm right i just want you to know i'm just picturing a lot of hand gestures well no he's definitely gonna He's definitely going to lip sync it and be like talking to the camera saying this like to us as the audience. But it starts with this prolonged section of, you know, little film where a guy is trying to carry his skateboard and all his school stuff and his books out the door in like the most ridiculous fashion. He's holding his skateboard like it's a platter and he put his backpack and stuff all on top. Put your backpack on your back. Put your skateboard under one arm and put whatever that other bag is in one hand and you're good. Just walk out the door. But they needed him to be struggling with something so that he would drop everything. And this nice Christian boy would show up and help him carry his stuff to the car. And then he's going to he's it's like a good Samaritan story, but the most bland version of a good Samaritan story where it's like, oh, I saw someone drop a bunch of stuff. Let me help you to the car. Like, and the point of the Good Samaritan story is not just that he helped someone who was in need, but he helped someone that he was expected culturally to hate. You know, the the right. Good Samaritan, the Samaritans, like, there was a divide well, there. maybe this guy drives a car and, and the just other guy nice rides boys. a skateboard. So, <laughs> yes. you don't know. Maybe it's like driver versus skateboard. He could have said, see you later, boy. But he didn't. 
But these are just two cis white men, and there's like no cultural divide between them. There's no reason they should hate each other. You're but he helps so them because he's judgy. Drunk. I'm not judgy. I'm not ju- I, well, I guess I'm judgy. No, I'm saying it's very nice. The, but the, so the point of the music video is going to be like we're all too mean to each other. So get out there and do good deeds. So now it's him lip syncing the song to the camera while doing a bunch of good deeds for people around the campus that they filmed on. And it's very clearly uh, 2012. I like his puka shell necklace. <laughs> yeah, puka shell necklace. Like, I mean, that's not even that's not even 2012. That's that's uh, yeah, that's a lot earlier. I mean, that particular look. And a dude in a a dude in a sideways trucker hat fell down. So again, 2012. And he's like, here, let me help you up. Literally everything you're saying is like 2005. <laughs> so it's, I guess wherever they shot this, yeah, they, they were six, you know, behind, a hold, yeah, six years behind. Yeah, there's a holdover there for there. That's like that thing where, you know, like the next decade has a lot of, you know, holdovers for the first like two years into. Right. Yeah. Lovely. I mean, that's a big theme of Napoleon Dynamite. Or I remember them talking about it, how like that film's from 2003 or four or whatever. But everything in it looks like it's from the early 90s. I thought that was a stylistic choice. It, but it was a stylistic choice. I thought choice. it was supposed to be almost like a timeless sort of a thing or like a weird, like you live in the middle of nowhere and everything's like, it's like a decade behind. I don't remember if it was the audio commentary or just an interview I, re- I heard or read with Jared Hess, like from years and years ago, from probably around the time of that movie. But it wasn't like a choice. It was just what they had where they shot. Because those places sort of in middle America, in the breadbasket, in like the farmland, heartland of America, all their buildings are like 20 years behind the more developed sections of the country. And I'm not even talking about L.A. and New York. I'm talking about any major city, even the major cities in like the, you know, other quote unquote flyover states like just everything's 20 years behind so that's the 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 store where Haley duff works at like that's just the way that store was (laughs) anyway nice opportunity to talk about napoleon dynamite so then when you talk about the man who lived one day it cuts to he's in the church and he holds up a bible and he's like there's a man that lived one day with holes in his hand and i want you to know that it's true i want you to know jessica that it's true is this making you uncomfortable now that we've talked too much about no because what the what the listeners didn't hear was like our conversation when we went to walk april on the break so like (laughs) they don't know that like i had a mild panic attack and things like that so i was just kind of you know well buckle in jess because we purposely avoided the most religious songs and now it's going to be a whole year of the most religious songs well there's an (laughs) asl video american sign language uh, which is something that we used to find a lot in the early days of this podcast. This oh, yeah. is uploaded by Lindsay Winder. Nice. And, you know, it's just them performing. It's Lindsay performing the song to American Sign Language. Fantastic. With American Sign Language. Very nice. Just wanted to bring that up since we hardly ever see that anymore. Uh, and then when I typed in the phrase Reliant K and No... Because first of all, there's a lot of words in this title that appear in other Reliant K songs. Right. Like want and just and you. And I think even know, like all these words have appeared in other Reliant K titles. Right. Well, those are very, uh, 
<laughs> Very common words. Right. No shipping videos? No not shipping a, videos. Not for VeggieTales, Mon Pa Veggie or something? <laughs> nope. But there is two videos where someone uploaded a thing and it says, here's a Reliant, here's a Reliant K song that I don't know the name of the song. The first one says, Reliant K covering a song I don't know. <laughs> so this is uploaded by Rena Sazhin. And it's, I don't know, it's Warp Tour or some sort of outdoor Christian festival from 2010. And it's Surf Wax America. Nice. Which is gotcha. super fitting. Yep. Because when we saw Reliant K around this same time. You've told the story about I've told this story so many times. times. I'll tell it again. I told it to Ethan Luck. I'll tell it again. <laughs> Ethan Luck was guitar teching on this tour when Dave was still in the band. That we saw them in Orlando at the House of Blues in 2010. And they were like, well, we picked this song from the Blue Album because we thought all of us would sing it along together and it'd be a classic pop punk pop rock song that we'd all know but you stupid kids don't know this song you stupid ass 2010 kids don't know the blue album you jerks you little jerks who who have learned to that like that was like 2007 K. by the way 2007 2008 oh, at you're the latest right. i was gonna say it was definitely 2007 and, and i was one of those what did you just say punk ass kids who did not know this song <laughs> But it was just such a it's such a funny moment where like Tyson is very passive aggressive with the audience like the blue album classic album it's it's just over 10 years old we're going to play a song from it but most of you dumbass kids who have just learned about Reliant K for the first time this year don't know this song and I'm really sad I had known Reliant K for a while and I didn't know the song I don't expect I only you. knew the green album <laughs> Came out when I was in. I well, if they played Islands in the Sun, which is a very similar. I knew that song. Yeah, they, then everyone would have been singing along. They played Hash Pipe. I would have known that one. <laughs> I didn't know what that was at the time, but I knew the song. So I like that that Reliant K kept playing this song for a lot of t- for years, and like one day, one of these days, your kid, you kids are going to pay attention to the Blue Album. That was, and, and that, they never did. Yeah. And that was my divide between like, you know, we talked we talked about it earlier. Like, how can you date younger kids? Exactly. Kids, sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about young kids at shows. How can you date a younger person that you don't have anything in common with? Well, I did. But it, when it came, when that was the first time where I went to a Reliant K show and I was like, oh, yeah, uh, everyone here is younger than me and they don't know like good music. Like they just know. Rude. They just know my chem and Reliant K. <laughs> rude so and this was uploaded by this person and they said reliant k covering a song i don't know and they never updated it and no one ever commented on it and then this one is just puzzling 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 this is pokeman 774 10 11 years ago uploaded a video that says reliant k made a song of which i do not know is called all right yep the description says lol I don't know the name of this song, but I'm pretty sure it shows up in the vid. By the way, sorry for the horrible blurriness. I was doing homework and was too lazy to video stuff while I made. Okay, whatever you say. What well, does any of this mean? I don't know. I don't know. if I'm confused. Like, what, what are you about to show us? It's 
just, they took their camera from 2011. I guess it could have been a, a cell phone camera or it could have been like a camera that they picked up. Oh, and they, and they recorded were like, the song. They were like, this song is by Reliant K. It's when you're around from the first album. And they're like, here's a Reliant K song that I don't know. And I don't know the name of this song. So I'm going to film my computer screen showing the song and maybe someone will let me know the name of the song. Well, they show their screen and the title of the song is right there in the video. The title of the song is right there on the screen of their like Winamp or whatever is playing, whatever app is playing this. I don't understand. <laughs> this was like, so before you had Soundhound and Shazam, yeah, I guess what you had to do was film your computer screen, upload it to YouTube and hope someone will tell you the name of the song, even though you're not paying attention and the name of the song is on your computer screen. That's Pokeman seven seven four for you. I guess so. I don't. I just wanted Pokeman seven seven four to know. I don't want to have to tell them it's when you're around from the first album. And we'll end on this, which I did not even watch. So this is from only five years ago, and it says eight English phrases you should know. Learn English with Reliant K. Oh wow! This is uploaded by. Fingtum Languages, F-I-N-G-T-A-M Languages. What's up, guys? Today I'm going to do a video on eight phrases that don't mean exactly what they sound like they might mean. And I'm going to be taking these phrases from a song called Who I Am Hates Who I've Been. It's by Reliant K, which is one of my favorite bands of all... I don't plan to drop this in in post so we can talk over it. So this says... I mean, they're explaining it. But it says in the description, I make language learning videos based off of songs because I don't know of any better way to learn vocabulary and grammar. And because music makes learning fun. I'm also happy to answer any questions you have about learning language. Just leave a comment below. In this video, I describe eight phrases that you might not understand from the song Who I Am Hates Who I've Been. And then a list of the eight phrases, which I won't spoil. And it says, most of these are English phrases that might be hard to understand because they mean something different than what they appear to mean at all times. Now, this video is meant more for advanced students who already know some English, and it might be more difficult for beginners. But if you already know some English, so then is this is going to be very English useful is a second for you language? to understand That's what I'm these phrases. About. If it's an first English, thing I want to talk about ASL, is the word proverbial. When he says the line, first, let's take a look at what a proverb is. It's a short, popular saying. So when he says, I'm so upset we didn't have this for this song. Okay, learning language through Reliant K really is an advanced move because there's a lot of, you know, turns of phrase and metaphors and similes and all that good stuff. I also don't know if learning grammar from songs is a good idea. Right, especially because there's so much wordplay in Reliant K that you're going to, you know, you get a lot of mixed metaphor sort of stuff as well. And this didn't come up when we were on Church Jams now, but I have listened to more of their episodes and it's a thing on there, the Grammar Jams now, where damn, I don't remember who (laughs) I don't remember who who it was on the show has the Grammar Jams now thing. I'm sorry guys. I don't remember who has the Grammar Jams now. One of them has a problem when there's like a bad grammar in a song and I've been meaning to like say this to them on social media or something, but I'm like 
lyrics and poetry don't necessarily need to adhere to the same kind of grammar because it is like it is like a playful form of the language like you can kind of do whatever you want in some ways like there's a very infamous clip I don't know how infamous it is maybe just for the MTV generation where like Kurt Loder the MTV news guy was like interviewing Jewel and had her poetry book and criticized the grammar in it and she's like she was like really pissed at him and she's like asshole it's poetry yeah. <laughs> like I can do what I want with the language wow <laughs> that's what Jewel said right to Kurt Loder I'm not saying that to church jams now when he says this losing my mind is a common phrase and it means going crazy oh. like he's tumbling down the slippery slope of mental illness what is going crazy another phrase he mentions in here is to shy away from and he says i will shy away from the specifics to shy away from means to avoid something i thought he was saying i will shy away from the pacific so when you're shying away from something, what? it means that you don't want that to bad? get too close no, to I'm that just... And when he says, I will don't shy confuse away from Do you want to learn any more grammar directly from uh, any more English language from the song gang? arc? To cross the line means to go too far or to do something too <laughs> I do much. that all the time. A lot of times. <laughs> he did it on this episode multiple times. Cross, see that line? Never should have crossed it. Well, I mean, that's what we do every week. Exactly. So, Reliant K. Yep. What's the name of this song? <laughs> who I Am Hates Who I've Been? <laughs> I just want you to know that the name of the oh, song is yeah, I yeah, Just yeah, Want yeah, You yeah, to Know. Yeah, yeah. So, Danny, do you like the song more or less or the same? I like this song the same. I also like this song the same. Yeah, I don't like it any better. I don't like it any worse. I'm just right down the middle, so. So. What I was actually doing, yeah. and you were getting, like, frustrated because I had already moved on, uh, is that I was looking up the lyrics for the song we're going to cover next week, Empty House. Oh. But aren't are those official lyrics, or are those just sussed out lyrics by fans? Is there a... There's no official lyrics released on that right, song, huh? Right, so, sus, sus doubt, sus, sus lyrics, suspect, sus doubt. You're sus. You're sus. I'm sus. Let's see this. the language guy explain what sus means. <laughs> Does he explain it in here? Hold on. Oh, okay. To himself, even more. Now let's talk about the phrase bottled up inside. He says, It's interesting that there are so many phrases uh, work uh, figures of speech in who I am, hate who I've been that were difficult for English as a second language users. Now, listen, I don't listen to Empty House a lot, but I I'm not sure if the the ending lyrics here are correct. And baby, I don't want to do it unless you're dot dot dot. Oh, find out next week. There are more live videos now online, so maybe we can hear more lyrics in the live yeah. performances from um yeah. See, any genius annotations? Uh, for some reason, just the words verse one are annotated. Hear about that next week on Sadie Hawkins' pod. <laughs>